In this episode, we're chatting with Dan Stewart, who's the founder and CEO of Happy Grasshopper. Now, for those of you who don't know what Happy Grasshopper is, it's the tool that's changing email marketing by having the real human conversations that you wish you could be having with your customers for you. This stuff really works. We've seen it in action. We've spoken to Dan's customers. In this interview, we talked to Dan about how personalization is the future of connecting with your audience and why most marketers spend way too much time sending messages that make them feel good when they really should be sending email that actually creates conversations. So stay with us. It's a great interview. Hi, this is Nobu Hada. This is Alyssa Hellman of Better Homes and Gardens Go Realty. Hi, this is Dan Stewart from Happy Grasshopper, and you're listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Genius Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes with the most brilliant real estate professionals and brands to uncover the latest digital marketing tools and tricks for your online arsenal. Now, here are your hosts, Seth Price and Matt Barbet. Dan, super psyched to have you here. Yeah, welcome. Uh, yeah, really cool. Thanks, um, guys. So before we start off, uh, one, I want to say we love what you guys do. We've watched you and we, I think we started in similar time frames, and it's just, you know, your customers are, you've got raving fans, which I always think is a real great sign uh, for a business that serves an audience. But I'd love for you to start out by telling the listeners a little bit about Happy Grasshopper and what made you decide to start the company. Okay, awesome. Well, what we do at a high level is really very simple. Uh, everything sends email today, right? Sending email in 2015 is not a challenge for anyone, but sending email that gets results really is hard. So I started thinking about this because I had been an executive at a CRM company that was acquired, and we had users all over the world who acquired our service specifically for its ability to send email, and then they didn't know what to say. Yeah, They didn't know what time of day to say it. They didn't know how frequently they should say it. There was so much confusion around how to really get results with email that uh, people ended up paralyzed. So when we started Happy Grasshopper, it was really just an experiment to figure out if we could solve that problem. And, uh, you know, here we are almost five years later. It's just been a fantastic journey. I mean, it's, it's like email has been around forever. Like, like you were saying, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I mean, how has the landscape shifted, right? Like, I mean, is social changing things? Like, what was the thing that changed that caused, like, um, you know, the context that you're bringing to things, the product that you're building? What caused that to be yeah, so valuable? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, well, a few things. First, let's just recognize email is really the original online social network. Right. Uh, before any of those were around, people would share these mass emails with each other. It was a really common thing. And then we saw the do-it-yourself email marketing craze really rise. And as a result, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have all been trained to do exactly the same things with their email. Mm -hmm. And as a result, uh, all of us, we can just glance at our inbox and we can tell what's marketing and what's really important that we want to read. So we've always focused on sending email that looks like our clients are really trying to just communicate 
as a human being to another human being rather than as someone who's trying to sell something to an audience that might buy. Got it. So it was just it's a it's a volume thing. Like we as consumers have now been trained, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, to, to like spot it at a glance. Exactly. Got it. You know, one of the things that I find so interesting about what you guys do, like when I go on your site, you guys don't work with just anybody. I love the assessment that you have to fill out to become a client. Tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, that's really a byproduct of demand. Uh, we are a bootstrapped company. I've not raised any investment capital for Happy Grasshopper. Yeah. So uh, we're fortunate to have a lot more demand than we have supply. And I know for sure that I can hit home runs for someone who's out of their dabbler stage. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone has just entered the real estate world and they really don't have a consistent ability to generate leads, they don't really need us to help convert those leads. Yeah. So uh, we just try to weed out the people that aren't ready for us yet and then focus our full attention on those that we can really create great results for. I mean, so who are, I mean, th- that's sort of an interesting point. Like who is ready for you? You know what I mean? Like what's the thing that the signal that they put off that says yeah. now it's time for happy grasshopper. We're going to knock it out of the park for them. Well, uh, to answer that, I want to give you just a little bit more of an explanation because there are okay. three areas we focus on as a company. Uh, of course, we help people stay in touch with their sphere of influence and their past client database. Mm-hmm. And if you're a brand new agent, you probably still have a sphere of influence that needs to know you're now in real estate. So we can help people with that. Uh, but those people aren't ready to make the investment and, and nor would we want them to uh, to help convert leads. They need to focus on building their lead generation strategy. And as that matures a little bit where they're getting a consistent lead volume and that number, of course, will vary depending on what type of price point their market uh, is made up of. Mm-hmm. Um, that really tells us what we need to know is whether or not we can help someone. So yeah, first it's definitely their ability to generate leads uh, consistently. Got it. And what's, you know, when you think about the folks that are real estate professionals, what's unique about real estate? Well, you know, there's, first of all, we have clients in about 60 different verticals, which is pretty amazing to me. Uh, because from a marketing perspective, we've only ever focused on real estate. Uh, so we've spread out there in kind of a word of mouth way. And what we really understand about the real estate landscape and why so many people in real estate use our service is because to that stranger on the internet, that lead that's just been generated, whether it's your IDX or your home valuation request, or uh, it's a lead that comes in from one of the portals, uh, to that person, the agent is just another agent. They're yeah. just another person who can go unlock a door, right? They're, depending on their preconceived notions, they may have in their mind that this is someone that I don't want to deal with. They're just going to end up making way too much money. They drive around in nice cars and look at houses. All They don't really work. You know, sure. <laughs> People have this kind of prevailing mindset sometimes that's wildly inaccurate. And uh, I think that that's something that uh, we've been able to really help our clients overcome. So uh, that that specific thing, uh, the idea that there's not much difference between one agent from another until we give the, the reader a reason to understand why you're different, uh, that makes us very useful in the real estate world. Got it. 
Got it. I mean, what do you think about automation in in general? Like, or I should say, maybe automation, you know, specifically for real estate. I mean, everybody is sort of talking about it. I mean, what's your what's your take on on you know, let's let's say email automation specifically. Like, is is it a good thing? Is that you know something that that people should be investing in? What's your kind of take on it? I, I think it's an absolute necessity. Yeah. You know, if you look at the timeline of uh, an agent's development, you know when they first start out and they're figuring out the rules of the road and and how their business works, uh, they may not need automation yet because if they're only getting say five leads a month, <laughs> they've got plenty of time to focus on those leads. Sure. But as that number grows, you know they reach a point where they can't respond to a lead because they're in a listing appointment. Uh, They're on the phone with a client when a lead comes in. They've got a closing. They've got something that means that they can no longer respond appropriately. Right? I shouldn't say appropriately. I should say within a reasonable amount of time to that lead. And that's why those statistics. uh, I guess it's a couple years now from the Wave Group, showing that 48% of real estate leads are ignored. I mean, that's a huge call for why it's so important to have automation. Yeah, that's crazy, right? I mean, is it is it in your mind, is it it's just because, you know, folks are so busy that they they just get overwhelmed? Like, is that the driver of of why those leads are are ignored or why people are just bad at email in general? Yeah, I think it's two things. I think if you're an agent in what I like to call tiger mode, where, (laughs) you know, you've got your own bills to pay. Right. So Mm -hmm. you're looking for a meal you can eat today. Yeah. Uh, you're, you want to spend all your time with that person who's 30, 60 days out from a closing. Uh, many internet leads are on a much longer time frame. So it's easy for an agent to become jaded if they think that just because someone has registered on their IDX, they're ready to buy a house today. Or just because someone has requested a home valuation, they're ready to sell their house today. Uh, and, and also, this is another argument for automation because the time horizons between first registration and the date of the transaction are long. Right. And there's just not enough time in the day to properly follow up with every one of those leads that you're generating. So uh, you just have to put a system in place. Right. Whether it's ours or anyone else's, there's got to be a way. It's just a necessity. Got it. I mean, what's if I'm if I'm an agent or or a broker and I'm listening to this, I mean, what's the thing, what's the way that I can kind of self-examine and decide, you know, whether I'm ready for to, to invest heavily in automation? Like, am I gonna see something in my business that or my day to day that's gonna cause me to say, you know, hey, this is it's time, you know what I mean? Like I need to pull the yeah. trigger. I talk to agents all over North America every day. I talk to brokers all over the country every day. And they tell me things like, we're generating X number of leads and we're converting about 1% of them. You know, to me, that's just an abysmal statistic. And that's like, that's to, to transaction? Like that's, that's to transaction. Wow. Exactly. Okay. We're not talking about to sign up form there. That right. is to, to close business. And you know, on the flip side of that coin, we'll take clients who have this huge database of old dead leads. Uh, we have a client recently in Arlington, Texas. Uh, his name's Brent Daly. Uh, he had 10,000 old dead leads in his database. Uh, we sent a single email, just one, to re-engage that population of what were considered just wasted leads. And he ended up getting 15 transactions uh, from that single email. That's crazy. So, yeah, it's absolutely nuts. And 
And most agents are just conditioned to work on what's near term. That's their focus. Who is it that's ready to buy or sell today? That's where the focus goes. And so it, if an agent wants to, an agent or a brokerage wants to dramatically increase their results, they've got to have a system that allows them to focus on both. And, you know, yes, you can do that with brute force. You can hire lots of people who do nothing but that. Uh, or you can use automation. Uh, and, you know, obviously that's the side of the fence we sit on. Got it. So it's it sounds like, you know, if I'm sitting at home or I'm in the car and I'm or I'm, I'm on my earphones and I'm listening to this, it's like if I've got a massive database of unengaged leads, that may be a sign. If I'm feeling uh, totally overwhelmed just personally that I can't, uh, you know, I can't follow up with people in, in a way that I think is good for my business mm-hmm. or my or my 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 close rates, you know, my engagement on my emails, my lead to transaction rates, if they're looking abysmal to me, that's the time that those are the signals to me where it's like, Hey, maybe the answer to this problem is automation. Exactly. Got well it. said. Got it. You know, it seems like there's still a ton of agents and brokers that don't want to invest in digital. And what I mean by that is, you know, Hey, what they've done, their Rolodex still works and their, you know, uh, bench ads and their bus ads and the, you know, radio spots are still effective. What do you, like, I'm concerned because working in marketing for such a long time, you know, the world is changing. And even though you still have techniques that are super valuable, what do you say to folks that are like, Hey, you know what? I don't need to spend my time doing digital. Well, for me, it's all about ROI. Yeah, I, I think we all have a finite amount of time and we need to invest that time and the dollars associated with it on things that work. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, from my perspective, it's it's a really simple calculation. If that bus bench is killing it for you, keep on doing it. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, we all suspect that there's a point where it just won't pull anymore. And, and what about the folks that don't have a lot of money to spend? You know, how can agents on a budget take advantage of, of digital and, and marketing automation? Gosh, there's so many ways. Uh, so many ways. I mean, you've got great solutions like yours, which is extremely affordable for everybody. Uh, you've got social media, which is a wonderful way to connect with people. Uh, for a very low investment in uh, Facebook ad spends, people can generate leads. They may be long-term close opportunities, but it's possible to generate those leads. Uh, there's just a tremendous amount of things that people can do. Uh, my recommendation would be, regardless of what the method is, uh, that they need to keep it at a human level. They, they really need to try to set aside their, uh, their you know, professional, polished, uh, I am super sales guy image and connect with each person they have an opportunity to serve as a human being because that resonates and yeah. that really increases the amount of referral business that we get. I love to generate business online and I also love to generate business from referral and word of mouth. Sure. I, I think agents want to do it exactly the same way. Yeah, Got that it. makes complete sense. I mean, what are the big mistakes that you see people people making when it comes, I mean, let's just pick up a, a particular topic since you, you know, listed out a bunch of strategies there. I mean, what's the biggest mistake when it comes to email that you see, see people making? Well, uh, one of the most common mistakes with email is to make what you're sending instantly identifiable as marketing. Mm. Um, 
you know, and, and let's use an example here. If I'm a single agent sending to my past client database, think who these people are. They already know, like, and trust me, right? right? I, yeah. I don't have to sell these people. I've got a relationship with these people. So when I send something that's, you know, HTML templated and it's just filled with all the latest and greatest stats and figures, they're going, yeah, okay, that's, you know, Dan's doing his job as a real estate agent. He's sending me some real estate stuff. But they don't really engage. Sure. And, you know, conversely, if I sent them a message that mentioned a topical thing that was happening now and I engaged them in conversation about that thing. And then in my PS line, I said, oh, and by the way, I'm having an open house this weekend. Here's a link. If you know anyone who's interested, please let me know. Uh, that's going to go so much farther. It's going to create so much more engagement. Uh, sales happen inside of conversations. Uh, no one is going to click a button to download their next home, right? It's yeah. just not going to happen. Sure. <laughs> They'll click a button so they can have a conversation with an agent. And and I think the biggest mistake, to put it just in a nutshell, that people make with their email is they spend too much time sending email that makes them feel good, uh, that you know they can check off their, their tick box of, marketing done check i sent a marketing piece out there yeah. <laughs> sure you know when when what i would prefer to see them do is send an email that actually creates conversations for them so that they can turn those into more sales that right. makes complete sense i mean it's it's like as a as a quick follow up and this is you know this this is kind of an uh you know maybe an interesting question i mean how do you combine that and i'm asking cuz i think you guys do it really really well i mean how do you combine that humanness, right? That maybe to sum it up that you're talking about uh, in your communication with automation, right? Because if I'm in your example, like I've got those 10,000 old leads, you know, it's really hard to be human with all of them. I mean, what's, how do you blend those two things together, you know, to like produce, create humanness and right. scale? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 I mean, that's kind of what you guys do, right? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly right, Matt. That's a great way to phrase it. Um, here's, one of my fundamental core beliefs is that there is no one size fits all mm -hmm. that works great for email any longer. Uh, we've just, as consumers, as recipients of messages, we know what to expect. We know all the tricks and the games that people play. Hmm, sure. So to get around that, we've got to actually assign a copywriter to each of our clients. And that copywriter interviews them. They really get to know them, their personality, their markets, their strengths. I want each of my copywriters to understand why they should hire you as an agent and why they sincerely want to. And then I want them to create copy that makes the reader about, very curious about what that agent can do for them. So... Um, it's a concept called the information gap. We, we ignite their curiosity and we leave it unresolved so that we can create that response uh, that the agent needs in order to create the sales opportunity. Got it. So it sounds, I mean, it sounds to me like there's, you know, not, not many shortcuts, right? I mean, you're talking about having a professional copywriter interview them. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's, it's, it's, so it sounds like there's no shortcuts. It's like you, you have to, you know, work with you guys or, you know, I guess craft your own yourself. story. Yeah, yeah. Right, write yeah. it yourself. I mean, well, I think I think one of the misconceptions that lots of people have is that you sign up for a marketing automation tool, you press a button and all of a sudden it just <laughs> Yeah, then happens. poof, then it just works. Yeah, Presto, it's great. done, yeah. right. Well, so let's look at a great, a great tool like HubSpot. Yeah. You know, it, it does a ton, uh, but you still have to do it. 
right? It's capable of quite a lot, but you still got to create and feed the content into it. Yeah. Um, they don't create I'm, the content for you. Yeah, they don't certainly. And one of the things that I'm really proud of is that if you look at our data, you know, we've got thousands of users all across the North America and we can see what works and what doesn't work at scale. Yeah. So we can refine our messaging strategy. We can refine our frequencies and our send schedules and uh, what we anticipate is the local deliverability ideal time to have sent that message. Uh, we have access to do that at a scale that a single agent, they could test and measure and A-B test their campaigns for, for years and they wouldn't get as close as we can get really quickly. Got it. So, yeah, that it's kind of a combination, Matt. Back to the automation point. Uh, the data lets us be really efficient in creating results for our clients. Uh, but in terms of creating the content, there is really no way to rush that. Um, I haven't yet figured out how to code some software that will do a better job uh, interviewing a client and creating content for them <laughs> than, than our algorithm. Yeah, darn well, it. If you develop one, let us know. That would yeah, be, yes. that'd be fantastic. Into the computer, as we always uh, like to say. <laughs> Got it. So it's, it's, it's really kind of an art and a science is what you're saying. You exactly. Know, exactly. Yeah. And the art is subjective, right? right. I, want, I want each of our clients to love the content that we've created for them. Because if I start to know, like, and trust you from the email I'm reading, I expect you to be the same person when we shake hands. Right. So, you know, it's really important that our copy match the person that we've created it for. And then as a completely separate thing that we need to accomplish for our clients, we've got to use all the science and the data to create the results. Yeah. Right. And, and the results for us uh, are measured in engagements. It's those replies that we we deliver. Got that, it. Uh, that at the end of the day is what our clients are investing in. So let's say, I mean, like switching from you know kind of the negative to the positive. Like, what's the what are the you know two or three things that folks need to get right? You know, let's say they're a new agent, or you know, they're somebody who's maybe been in the business for a long time but hasn't really invested in digital. This is like a classic question we kind of ask everyone. I mean, what are the things they need to do? well to start, you know, so they can get a good foundation. Oh, I'm going to say something a little bit controversial here. Perhaps. Yeah, say it. Yeah. I, I think they need to have very much a me first attitude okay. when it, when it comes to deciding what it is that they're going to do. I think so many people embark on their, their real estate career with a, well, I need to do what this person says and what that person says. And I'm going to encourage the person to start with themselves. I want them to take the time and go through a process and you know, really consider what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do, who they want to serve and who they don't want to waste their time with. And then based on that, they're in a much better position to make their, their digital selections. Uh, you know, one client might say, well, I really love working with buyers. And so they'll want to have a, an IDX site with a, a lot of uh, SEO and PPC to drive traffic there so that they can generate the leads and, and of course work towards converting them. Another person may say, you know what? I'm just not ever willing to spend another day of my life driving people around to look at houses. <laughs> I want yeah. listing appointments, period. Right. Yeah. And, and so that person needs a totally different strategy. It, it reminds me, we had a great conversation with the Seattle Divas and one of the things, um, I think you probably know them, uh, Chavi and Kim, they run a team 
where they are so clear about who their ideal customer is that they mm-hmm. only talk to that customer. Like they tell people and you can go to their site and you can read their emails. You'll know whether you're a good fit. Um, it seems like that's in a nutshell what you're describing. It's like, hey, what's going to work for you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's kind of a magical thing, right? When you know, you just seem to attract the right people. Yeah. When, you, when you're able to go about your day with certainty that you're doing the right thing, you're just so much more effective than when you're walking around going, well, what does this person say I should do? What does that person say I should do? Yeah. Right. Uh, when right. you know where you're going, it's easy to see the path to get there. Yeah. So it's not I, about the tools. It's yeah. about it's about how you use them. Exactly. I want to switch gears a little bit, and I'd love to talk about uh, one of the major issues that you address with Happy Grasshopper, which is recruiting. How has the recruiting process changed for sales organizations like real estate over the last few years? Well, uh, you know, that's an interesting question, and I'm not really sure that I'm the best guy to answer it, honestly, Seth. I know that when I've been recruited in the past, uh, it's always felt very brandy yeah. and inhuman. And so as soon as we started working on recruiting content for our clients, we've always tried to make it very human. You know, I, I like to say kind of Johnny Cochran style, it's not about the split, it's about the fit, Yeah. right? And, and if I were a broker building my office, I wanna bring on people who are gonna be a good cultural fit. And, you know, that will vary from client to client for sure. Uh, We have clients who are primarily focused on volume. Uh, They will uh, get a list of contacts from uh, Broker Metrics. I think you're probably familiar with that tool from Teradatum. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And then we can create conversation starting content with people who really are at a certain production volume, a certain dollar volume per year. And that's what really helps move the ball forward for them. So uh, when we're first examining what a a particular broker client or team leader wants to accomplish with their recruiting goals, it starts with culture. And it it starts by having them name a specific goal. You know, what are we trying to accomplish and what's the timeline that we need to accomplish it within? Got it. And does that, I mean, how does that dovetail into, you know, is there a value prop associated with Happy Grasshopper around attracting and retaining, you know, top talent, top agents? You know, do you do you think about it like that? It's it's interesting. I initially I was just thinking I want to do the best job I can at creating results for my clients. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's a lady named Sarah McLennan. She's in Edmonton. And she sent me an email one day. It just made me smile (laughs) from ear to ear. It was so cool. Uh, She sent me a conversation that we had helped her start via a recruiting campaign. And the person was asking about what type of CRM or lead follow-up system they have in place to help convert the business. And she said, well, that's actually what you replied to with these recruiting messages. Yeah. And, and at that point, it was like, click, lock. <laughs> so That's we've awesome. got uh, her story is up on our blog. It's actually really fun. And and yeah, I love that now people are actually saying, well, hey, look, you should come with us because we've hired Happy Grasshopper to create these great campaigns. And these are the kind of results that they produce for you. Well, storytelling is so valuable and it's really hard for lots of people. I mean, if I sort of think back about, you know, the reason that 
we started creating content and started trying to, you know, provide value in words was that it was a way to communicate at scale. And it seems like you really have cracked something there, being able to help people tell their story in a, you know, just a human to human way. It's super exciting. Um, can I, I've always wanted, this is maybe a little of a rude question, yeah. but I've always wanted to ask, like, do you think Happy Grasshopper is, is underpriced? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes when I talk to folks, it feels like the value that they get out of it, you know, is like, is, is a lot. I mean, do you think it's, I mean, I realize this is kind of a strange question, strange question to ask you, but like, how do you think about that? You know, the, the pricing of the product. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I think a lot about this because, you know, keep in mind when we started, uh, it was an experiment. We didn't know that we could actually have a business here and we didn't know that we'd be able to produce great results for people. Mm-hmm. So we just picked a really low, easy to afford monthly price point and we launched. And, uh, and that seemed fine. And then we started getting these stories like, oh, my God, I sent one email. I got 26000 in commission. Right. And you're like, wow, OK, that email should have cost a lot more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, it was a very simple few sentence email message. Yeah. So there is really kind of that, um, that value question that comes up a lot. And, and over the years, as we've expanded our service, uh, you know, now a typical agent is going to make an initial investment with us, and then they'll have an ongoing uh, monthly investment. And we're still seeing that, you know, for some clients who sign up, uh, they're just blown away at how inexpensive our service is. They think it should cost much, much more. And, and we're addressing that um, outside of the real estate industry. Yeah. We've built a nice mini brand inside real estate. Uh, but as we expand into other verticals, the pricing is going to be a little different. That's Got great. it. Got it. So when you think about, like I've heard you speak and you're, you're, I'd say you're somewhat of an inspirational speaker. Is that a is that a good way to phrase it? Would you Gosh, say that? I hope so. <laughs> um, where where do you look for inspiration? Like, what are some of your favorite books and blogs? Oh gosh, it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. I I have to tell you guys, I really feel incredibly grateful to get to do what I do every day. You know, there, there's a point where you're young and you're trying to figure things out. You don't know how you're going to chart your way in the world. And uh, then all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing exactly what I want to do every day. Yeah. So just starting with that position of gratitude, uh, I think, uh, just keeps my head in the right place all the time. Yeah. And, you know, there are an innumerable number of inspirational stories that have helped me. Uh, I know people who have come from very hard Scrabble backgrounds that find a way to succeed against all odds. Um, I've taken lots and lots of training. Uh, you name the seminar, I've probably been to it. Yeah. Um, I actually worked crew at two Tony Robbins productions. Uh, learned a ton, not just from the content, but also how that organization runs and how it can handle having, you know, six thousand people show up at an event and and just you know, crush it for practically everyone that's there. That had uh, to be amazing. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Really cool to see that. So, and, and you know what? I have a lot of clients in the real estate space who I find inspirational and a lot of collaborators as well. 
You know, you mentioned we started about the same time and we've watched each other's growth and we're admirers of each other's service. I find your success inspirational. I love what you guys have done and and I'm thrilled to be here to have a chat about it. That's awesome. Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah, thank you. We're, we feel uh, very humbled. You know, it's like when you plot something years ago and you go, hey, we want to do this and then you actually achieve some of your goals. Yeah. It's uh it's a pretty amazing feeling and it makes you think you need to work harder. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Gotta live up to this. Yeah. Exactly. People said I'm good. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well Dan, I mean thank you so much for doing this. And I mean as we we wrap up, I mean what's the best way for folks to get in contact with you and you know obviously learn more about Happy Grasshopper. You know, what's what are your sort of plethora of of links and methods of talking to you? Well, uh, our website, of course, is happygrasshopper.com. My name's Dan, so (laughs) my email address is dan at happygrasshopper.com. And yes, I will really will read it and really will reply to whatever you send me. Uh, You can also find me on Facebook, uh, search for me there. And on Twitter, I'm at danstewarthg. Awesome. Got it. Dan, thanks so much. And uh, we will chat again soon. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to write us a review on the iTunes store. For our full episode archive and access to exclusive bonus content, visit us online at playster.com podcast. If you have feedback about Marketing Genius or want to suggest topics and guests for future shows, drop us a line at podcast at playster.com. Don't settle for mediocre marketing. Become a marketing genius and start growing your real estate business online. The Marketing Genius Podcast is brought to you by Playster, the digital marketing platform for real estate professionals, brands, and organizations of all kinds. With beautiful websites, lead management tools, marketing automation, and an academy featuring the latest tools and tips, Playster offers real estate professionals everything they need to succeed online. Learn more at Playster.com.